Welcome to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. This is the week number six edition of the show as the team in purple head to the Windy City looking for their second win of the season against the Chicago Bears. My name is Gabe Henderson in studio here and Egan with me is Jay Nelson, Tatum Everett and our producer Eric Davidson. And uh, we're excited to be joined by our guest of the day who is on the line right now, Chicago Bears play by play announcer. Mr. Jeff Joniak. And Jeff, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. You have been covering this rivalry, the Vikings-Bears rivalry, for uh, almost three decades now. And uh, it, <laughs> I, didn't, I mean, I didn't mean to say it like that, but it's been, it's been, <laughs> but at the same time, it, it's, it's, it's been a while that it's been a while since we've gone into this game. And it's been very clear that the best player on one of the teams would not be playing. Justin Jefferson recently announced that he's going to injured reserve. He's not playing this Sunday. For you covering the Bears, how, how does that affect this rivalry on Sunday? Impactful and uh, selfishly, I get a kick out of calling the best players ever. And uh, I don't care what team they're on, what the rivalry is. And you only get so many opportunities to have the best of the best. And I, I just said this on our podcast yesterday. To me, and anybody can argue with me, but he's the best player in the division. Hmm. regardless of position. Would you guys have any quibble with that? Not no, at all. I think nope. he is, yeah, he's the best player in the division. So it's it's a bummer for me as a play-by-play guy because I love watching him play. You never know what's coming next with that guy. Uh, but from a Bears perspective, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly that helps the cause a little bit here. And you never wish a player to injured reserve. And I didn't know that information. So uh, you're catching me off guard on that one. I, I assume he's never missed a game before. I know it's hard to keep him on the sidelines. I know he's itching to get back in on Sunday with that hammy, but probably best for him. But yeah, it's a definite impact. But I was telling people here the other day, you know, just because that guy is in question, uh, don't fall asleep on what they have around him. Because I, I, I'm a big believer as well in KJ Asborn, he's a very good player. He's probably under, underrated. Everybody's going to get moved up here. And Jordan Addison is, is off to a great start with 19 catches and three touchdowns. And I just looked up, he's very good on third down, third down catches. So uh, he's already got a connection with Kirk Cousins, even though it's six games into his rookie season. So uh, Kirk Cousins is going to throw the football. And that that's 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 a fact. And you got TJ Hawkinson uh, to be somebody to keep your eye on as well if you're the Bears. So the Bears are not going to rest easy just because JJ's not on the field. You know, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like the Bears have kind of felt a little bit of a momentum swing since the after the first three games. This this last two game streak, I know there was a, you know they're one and one, but but they feel like they've become maybe they found their identity a little bit more on offense. It's safe to say that DJ Moore is a spectacular receiver who's just needed someone or a capable quarterback to really get the ball to him. Um, and and maybe they found a little something this last game. Would, would you say that sounds kind of like an accurate description of how they feel about their trajectory? Oh, yeah. I mean, Matt Eberflus uh, has maintained from day one, you know, incremental improvement from the start of training camp to where now sometimes that's coach speak. But, you know, it is true. Justin Fields is in the second year of an offense for the first time in a long time, maybe of his life. So uh, whatever opinions people had about Justin's passing game, they certainly were excited about his running game, uh, which blew up last year, of course, uh, that he needed to get better at various aspects and still does. And Matt was steadfast in saying, hey, you know, success is just around the corner. And it wasn't just about wins and losses. It was about the whole team, but uh, certainly the passing game. And yeah, the last two. And, and people use it all the time. It's like the first snow, right? Everybody, every TV station sends reporters out for the first snow, even if it's two inches or an inch. 
And, and God forbid you guys had what ninety three inches last year. You won't get that. <laughs> don't don't remind us. That. Don't remind us, Jeff. I'm booking it. You're not going to have that kind of winner <laughs> this year. Uh, but oh, what is your team's identity this year? And I'm not mocking your question. Please do not get offended by that. But I I I always find it interesting because the scheme is the scheme. It gets tweaked. It, pages get added to playbooks and whatnot. And it does take three years to learn an offense and to really get the whole thing going. But uh, the scheme, to me, is week to week. And so the identity is week to week based on your opponent. And if you're a really good coaching staff, I think that's how you do it. So they took advantage of two defenses that are, are not highly ranked in the passing defense department. Now, uh, with Washington, I was pretty shocked. You know, you got a defensive line. We just got off the field on Thursday Night Football. I had four first-rounders, and they were my keys to the game, each each and every one of those guys. And, and the Bears' offensive line did a heck of a job. So that made Justin feel comfortable in the pocket to bounce in there, to step into his throws and not eject and let these long-developing routes with D.J. Moore and others develop. And he was on the money with his deep ball. So, um, yes. They definitely – they're scoring points, and that's, that's something we haven't done here in several years with consistency. Now, will this remain the case? You know, we'll, we're going to fight out here starting back in the division against Minnesota. That's Bears play-by-play announcer Jeff Joniak. Jay, take us away. Talking about those last two games, I guess, for me, the offensive line was something that was highly criticized over the offseason and just at the end of last season and, and kind of some of the moves and stuff that they made. And then you saw the first three weeks where it felt like offensively they were kind of still stuck in the mud a little bit. But like you said, I think for me the, the biggest eye-opener was that Commander's game and the fact you guys put a you know 40 points on them. Um, was there something that inherently changed over the last couple of weeks that really made that O-line solidify, or is there kind of an attitude change that happened within them? No, you know, it's been uh, a new starting offensive line almost every week. Uh, it's the continuity factor that is so important, as, as we all know, for offensive line play. But even within that game against Washington, Lucas Patrick, the center, had to leave with concussion. So Cody Whitehair was going to uh, – the plan was he was going to rotate with Tevin Jenkins, who just came off IR. He hadn't been in pads since the Indianapolis in the preseason practices in our shared practices against the Colts in week two of the preseason. He, he's been out. So he was going to get reps. wasn't going to get a lot of reps. He was going to get reps, and he was going to rotate with Cody Whitehair here at left guard. Cody had a shift to center. Seven wound up playing 37 snaps. He played 37 snaps with really no football under his belt wow. the entire preseason. So, and, and, and had a clean sheet. Uh, if you follow pro football focus, no pressures, nothing. So he, he looked really good. Uh, Nate Davis had a, a personal, he had a death in the family that really was difficult for him. So he missed a couple of games. So he's just settling in with back-to-back games at right guard. And then the left tackle, Braxton Jones, went out a couple weeks ago. So Larry Borum, who hadn't played left tackle uh, in a while in his life, uh, was the left tackle the last three weeks. So it's been mix and match. And uh, I just felt on a short week against that defensive line, uh, that, that offensive line hit a home run. So, yeah, the sacks they'd given up. You know, Justin's accountable for, for some of those also, uh, dating back to last season. So, yes, they, they, they've given up plenty of sacks, way too many. And, uh, you know, the Vikings always seem to, to, to bite us with the sacks. But we've already given up 20. So, But it, it cleaned up quite a bit. And the running game, I mean, the run blocking has been good all season long. So I, I do take some umbrage with uh, folks here in town that have, have taken the offensive line to task because it's been a, a changing picture every week. Yeah, I mean, speaking of those 20 sacks uh, that Justin Fields has on his, I guess, 
like a stat sheet right now. That is the third most by any quarterback. But yeah. when you only get sacked three times with arguably the best defensive line in the NFL and the commanders, that that is a, a huge standing ovation to the Chicago Bears O-line. But one thing that I saw when I was watching film was the the variety of play calling that my, Matt Eberflus showed in that commander's game is roll out to the left, roll out to the right, deep pass here. Like that creativity is that new when it comes to this Bears offense and Justin Fields being successful? No, I mean, and, and it is the offensive coordinator, Luke Getzey, making those calls. Got it. Uh, so, you know, there was a, a, a push, obviously, from the beginning of the year and Justin admitting as well that he did not want to run as much as he did a year ago. But that doesn't mean you just stand there like a statue and take a pounding. You do have to move around. And, yeah, that's always been in the offense. But he's got to feel it, too. Defenses were playing a little differently here and, and over the course of this season. The ends weren't, you know, crashing down on the RPO, so they were staying their ground. And the idea was to keep him in the pocket and prove to us that you're going to beat us from the pocket. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he's doing it now these last couple of weeks. So, But, yeah, the, the, the creativity quotient is, is great. I hope it keeps going that way in terms of play calling. But rolling them out letting them change the picture a little bit and really focusing on one side of the field is a, is a helpful thing. And uh, But if you can stand in the pocket, survey, and use the whole field, to me that's even better. And with that kind of protection last week, that allowed those big plays to DJ Moore. And boy, he had himself a game. <laughs> I mean, the, mo- the most receiving yards in Thursday night football history, that is a, a hell of a game. But uh, we'll talk more DJ Moore when we get back from the break. Uh, Jeff Joniak is here, Chicago Bears play-by-play announcer. He'll stick around with this. And uh, I got a couple more questions we want to ask. So don't turn the dial. We'll be right back with more right here on the Vikings Radio Network. What do Vikings players and dairy cows have in common? Both have nutritionists who figure out nutritional needs to keep players and cows performing at the top of their game. For more information, check out usdairy.com. Brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. is the Twin Cities premier salon and spa destination and proud official hair sponsor of the Minnesota Vikings cheerleaders. With three convenient locations in Edina, Woodbury, and Chanhassen, there is a Spalon close to you. Visit online at Spalon.com. Welcome back to the Minnesota Vikings podcast presented by Pepsi. I'm Gabe Henderson. Tatum Everett is here. Jay Nelson is here. Our producer, Eric Davidson, is here also and joining us on the line is the Chicago Bears play-by-play announcer, Mr. Jeff Joniak. And Jeff, uh, we, we like to start uh, our first segment of the show with this segment that we call it. That's what I like. But since you sticked around for the second one, we're going to start this one with that. So we'll, we'll, we'll start with Tatum first. What, what is one thing that you like about this Vikings-Bears matchup heading into Sunday? I like Brandon Powell. He had four of six targets for 43 yards and a lone nine-yard rush in Sunday's loss. Most of his action came there in the fourth quarter after J.J. went down. With J.J. on IR, I really think that this core three of K.J. Osborne, Jordan Addison, and Brandon Powell, uh, and obviously T.J. Hawkinson, as, as is going to be super, super important. So I kind of have, um, I think K.J. will be in the slot a little bit. About 40% of his snaps were in the slot when J.J. went down. So he will take over that X receiver role. But yeah. for me, I see Brandon Powell being a huge uh, opportunity there, especially with Kyler Gordon potentially returning himself off of the IR. Last year, he allowed 76.8% completion rate to targets directed towards him. He also allowed 101.9 quarterback rating to his opponents. Now, granted, that was his rookie season, and there's a lot of buzz about how 
he's gotten a lot better during the offseason and training camp and stuff. So um, I, I still think there's something to take advantage of there. So my what I like is Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell. And you mentioned Kyler Gordon, a Chicago Bears defensive back who is possibly coming back, Jeff, I believe. But Eddie Jackson and Jalen Johnson, they're on the men also. How, do, how does, you know, not having J.J. affect what the Chicago Bears will do with their guys starting to return from injury? I don't think it'll impact what they do in terms of coming back. If they're healthy, they're going to play. And now, as of this uh, as of this show, we don't know who's going to play. Yeah. Uh, but you did mention Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon had a tremendous camp. It was a bummer to me that he got hurt uh, because he was off to a great start. And uh, I, I believe he will be an impact player. I, I, I was cringing when you read those numbers. <laughs> uh, but, you know, all rookies go through it, right? But he's going to be a very good player. For a long time. Yeah, I mean, since you're cringing right now, I guess we could, you know, turn that frown upside down. What's one thing that you like heading into this this <laughs> Sunday's matchup? <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you an underrated aspect of the Bears' defense uh, this season. Uh, one thing you can hang your hat on, and they give up a lot of points, obviously, um, but they they stop the run and they mm-hmm. create negative plays and they create a new line of scrimmage in the run game. And and it looks like the Vikings. They have not really committed to the run, or maybe they just feel they can't run the football uh, to the success that they want to, or they've just been playing from behind too much. I, I don't know. I haven't del- delved into it that deep yet, but I-, I like that matchup. And if you make them one-dimensional and, you know, you're going to put all your resources in trying to stop Kirk Cousins, I-, I like the Bears' ability to do that on Sunday at Soldier Field. Jay, what do you like that the Vikings are doing? Well, seeing as how those numbers, you didn't really like them, you're not going to like these because we're going to go right back to them a little bit. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's, it's three on one, Jeff. It's three on one right now. I got it. <laughs> no, just to kind of bolster what Tatum was talking about, you know, I think um, the Bears only gave up 20 points to the Commanders this past weekend, but on average, they've been giving up 34.1 a game, which is 30th in the NFL. They rank 31st in passing yards, given up with 286 a game as well. And one of the things that was, you know, we are – a little angsty here at this point, having JJ uh, out for the next at least four games. But um, one of the things I did notice was the guy that Tatum brought up and, and, and Mr. Powell. When he did come in, all of a sudden you saw the offense open up a little bit. And I think it was one of those things where the Chiefs probably had key game plan on how do you stop Justin. And as soon as he's gone, it's like, okay, where do we focus? <laughs> so for us, the idea of Addison and KJ Osborne really having to step up kind of veteran wise here to figure it out. But some of those other guys like, uh, you know, Mr. Powell, he's going to get some run as well too. And so for me, I, I think the thing that I like the most is just the fact that if they are susceptible via the air and Kirk has been as, as kind of numbers happy as he's been all season long, uh, for me, that that aerial attack is has got to be how you're going to have to exploit them. And yes, the running game is going to be important so that they don't just you know pin their ears back and, and yeah. try to tee off on Kirk. But man, when they get those opportunities, they got to hit them. And and you know we can't be dropping passes and that kind of stuff. We got to convert. And uh, those guys are really going to have to step up in his absence. Man, that is a tall task, but it, it, it's very doable. And I, and I believe Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. But both teams go into this game believing that they can win, especially if you're the Bears, when you see that the best player in the division, as you said earlier in the show, is not playing. So h- how does that confidence, you know, stay intact going into Sunday? I never played, right? So I, <laughs> I always look at every game as an opportunity to win. And if you don't think that way, right. uh, you have no shot and no business being on the field. So, yeah, we we in the media like to, to tear things down and, and try to simplify it. But, you know, the whole on any given Sunday is, is real, right? But here's the thing. The Bears, while they stopped their 14-game losing streak on Thursday night, they needed to learn how to win. And it all it takes is one game to get that fire flickering and, and you, you find a, 
to find out as a young team, okay, we just got to finish. We got to finish the fourth quarter. And that, that's been a big thing, the fourth quarter. Now, you guys last year were kings of the fourth quarter, yeah. obviously. Uh, they, they come from behind wins for Kirk, uh, game-winning drives, and the 11-1 score wins. You know, it that's fleeting, too, as you're learning this year. But it's who you're matched up against. And, again, who's healthy, who's not, because we have our own injury problems here. But that one win will do a lot of good for the Bears moving forward, whether or not that impacts this game or not. I always like to open it up on Christmas morning. I, I want to see what the present is under the tree, and I don't want to know what it is. You know, I like to be surprised on Sunday. So what they got to do is they got to stop their NFC North losing streak, which right now sits, I believe, at eight games in a row. And they have lost nine straight home games. So there are still streaks that have to be extinguished here. Otherwise, it's not you're not getting better. So the, the overall streak dating to last year carries with it a little more garbage that they have to dig through. Yeah, well, the 346-day streak has officially been broken. You guys beat the yeah, uh, Washington amen. Commanders, <laughs> the Washington Commanders last weekend. Uh, for a Vikings team, they're they're looking to, you know, respectfully um, restart that streak for you guys. And and one thing that that I like is the fact that this is a next man up opportunity for for this Vikings team with all the adversity that this team has faced. Uh, it's it's literally no way but up. If anyone was betting on this Vikings. Uh, schedule thus far, at least the first five games. I believe the the worst you would have the Vikings is three and two, uh, with two losses coming to the Philadelphia Eagles and then uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. Granted, they were both in the Super Bowl last year, but at the same time, when you're one and four and your best player is down, I believe that provides a, a lot of opportunity for other guys to say, okay, now is my time to step up. Who is going to be that leader? Our captain is down. And uh, I know Tatum brought up Brandon Powell, Jay brought up KJ Osborne, TJ Hawkinson. But this is a, a, a put-it-on-my-shoulders type of, I guess, moniker for, for anybody that's in that locker room right now. Anybody can step up and make a play and pretty much uh, solidify their name for this Vikings team going forward. So this is going to be a, a huge opportunity. These next four weeks are going to be a huge opportunity. And we have two one-in-four teams. I believe that the playing grounds are even. It's kind of a pick em game. So uh, I'm excited to see who, who that person is going to be. And I'm sure – I mean, I just think of a guy in Greg Stroman for you guys, cornerback for – uh, Chicago Bears who played in Washington he got a sack against his former team in his former hometown in DC I know he played at Virginia Tech but he's a guy that stepped up and uh, if you're this Vikings team you're just looking for a guy that can do so with Justin Jefferson out yeah I mean uh, opportunities there every single day for players and especially on teams you know you guys won 13 games there's a lot of winners on that team uh, the Bears have not had that kind of success since 2018, you know, but a win can be intoxicating. Now, that's got to feel pretty good for this team. They're probably probably walking pretty tall right now. So For sure. Uh, you know, speaking of that black and blue division, you know, my dad would kill me if I didn't ask this question. Um, just kind of the legacy of Dick Butkus with this passing uh, oh. ha- happening, you know, is this kind of crazy even, you know, the day last Thursday. But just the legacy of Dick Buckus there in Chicago, he's always been a larger-than-life character. And uh, just kind of your run-ins with him, uh, you know, what do you remember about about Dick there in, in Chicago? Well, listen, it, it was a weird experience for me when I found out uh, at the stadium in, in Washington or Landover, Maryland there. I had just interviewed him three weeks ago. He was in wow. for Alumni Weekend, and we sat for almost two hours. He, uh, Tremaine Edmonds also sat with him, the Bears middle linebacker, and they did like a old school, new school interview thing with, with the legend. And they sat there and then, you know, Tremaine wanted to talk to him then one-on-one with the cameras off. And they just had a, he just was 
asking Butkus about everything. And it, it was meaningful. Like, it was a really great moment. And then I interviewed Butkus, and I've interviewed him many times uh, a few years ago. And I sat in a hotel room with him for almost five hours interviewing him. Wow. From, from birth. Like, it was amazing stories. Um, so, ironically, if that's the right word, the last question I asked him in that interview here uh, three weeks ago, I said, hey, how, how do you want to be remembered? Because he's, he's only remembered for his ferocity, his, his, you know, nastiness and, you know, the label of being a dirty player, which he really, really hated because he didn't in any way feel he was a dirty player. He played within the rules the way they were made during that era. And he, he, he never tried knowingly hurt anybody. He just, he just did. He was just vicious. But it made him emotional. Like he had a tear in his eye. And he said, I find it hard to believe that there's anybody that loved the game more than me. And it chokes me up now, honestly, because he was like in that moment. And then he passes away three, three days later. Uh, I'm certainly glad I asked him that question because that's the soundbite that lives for perpetuity. And he said it with a real emotion. And uh, it, it, yeah, he, just, he, he did love the game. He was talking about it as a little kid. You know, he knew he was going to be a, a, a football player. That was it. There was no other plan. He was going to be a football player. He'd go out and he grew up on the South Side. He's Chicago born and bred. He was born to be a bear. And he would go outside and throw the football up in the air and catch it, you know, throw himself passes. He, he wanted to play football so bad. I mean, we all did that as kids, but we, we didn't grow up to be 6'3 and 250 pounds of romping, stomping dynamite because that's what he was. Wow, that's a that's an amazing way to to end this podcast. I mean, just uh, we we talk about football all the time, but a lot of us can forget the the stories and the memories made through the the, the pigskin. Like this is uh, such a legendary uh, guy and Dick Butkus, and uh, you know Vikings fans, we we always remember Bud Grant and just the the rivalries that those guys had in in you know years past. This only makes this upcoming Sunday's matchup that much more fun. So. Uh, as the stories and memories continue to be made, uh, Jeff, we just want to thank you again for allowing us to spend some time with you and uh, allowing you to join our podcast today. So uh, without further ado, um, may the best team win on Sunday. This is the Minnesota Vikings podcast, so we're going to say the purple, but we're looking forward to seeing you there. Yes, sir. Well, kickoff is set for 12 noon at Soldier Field this upcoming Sunday, Vikings versus Bears. One of these teams are going to get their second win of the season, and we're all hoping it is the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. This was the Minnesota Vikings podcast brought to you by Pepsi, made for Vikings watching. Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. For Tatum Everett, Jay Nelson, Eric Davidson, and our special guest of the night, Mr. Jeff Joniak. My name is Gabe Henderson. We'll talk to you next week.